Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by HF Plus, and with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, South Stand Chum, the bearded legend, the daddy-o, the one and only, it's Mr Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello everyone, welcome back. This is episode number 281. Thanks to everyone who tuned into last week's show. Very much appreciate you taking the time to do that. This week... Um, just the one game to review for for a change. We've had a lot of Saturday, Tuesday games, but now we are reviewing just the one game. That was Sutton away on Saturday. A roundup of what's happened at the club. There's been a few bits and pieces that have gone on, uh, and we are delighted to be joined by a very, very special guest who is waiting on the line for us now. So without further ado, let's crack on, and as always, start with a word from our sponsor. Yeah, so the podcast sponsors are AGF Plastering, who are an Essex-based plastering and rendering company who cover all aspects of domestic and commercial work specialising in silicone colour render systems and the best part is that they offer 15% off for all Leighton Orient fans and staff so if you want to get in touch with Adam and the boys you can give them an email at hfplastering at outlook.com you can look at their website which is at www.hfplastering.co.uk or they're on social media they're on Facebook and Instagram under hfplastering or Adam the head honcho is on Twitter under Big Ads with a Z L O F C. Nicely done. So moving on, then we are delighted to have waiting for us on the line now the uh, Leighton Orient assist. Uh, sorry, Leighton Orient um, first team coach. Uh, good, good intro there for you, Matt. Uh, the Ginger Pele is his hey. most affectionately known to to Orient fans. Matt Harold, welcome back onto the Leighton Orient Outlook podcast. Welcome to the show again. Thanks for joining us. Um, Start with yesterday, I guess. Cheers, as good guys. a play as anyway. Yeah, no, thanks for thanks for coming on. Um, give us your thoughts on on Sutton yesterday. Then uh, frustrating, actually frustrating game. Um, had a little bit of an end of season feel to it. I thought, which I mean, that that didn't come from our end. I just it just had that air about it, especially the start of the game. Um, so yeah, I mean, we we done a lot of work on Sutton as we always do. We kind of gave the players a lot of information on, on what their strengths are, their strengths being obviously fairly direct, big on set plays, big on restarts. And to go behind to one of them was really frustrating as we worked on it uh, so much and spoke about it so much. But I thought uh, we struggled for 30 minutes. Um, Richie wasn't happy, to be honest. But then after that, we had a lot of the ball, dominated a lot of possession, but probably just didn't uh, test their goalie enough. And probably in the fine details, in the final third, we didn't do enough. So I don't personally think we deserve to lose it. We maybe didn't deserve to, to win it either. That's, that would be my assessment. I haven't actually watched the game back yet. I've had a little bit of a busy day to do that. And you often, when you watch it back, you see a, a bit of a different story sometimes and you see it differently. So, But that, that was kind of my gut feeling coming away from it. So let's take it back, Matt, to, to the season that's been so far. Bit of a bit of a strange season. Obviously, Kenny Jackett started the season with us, had a good start in things, as everyone you know who's listening went a bit pear shaped. So, I mean, what were your views on that, Matt? What, what do you think went wrong under Kenny? Well, first of all, it was um, it was obviously a very popular decision to to appoint him. It was it, it was an exciting one. I um, I. I mean, it was quite a big coup for the club because obviously he'd managed a lot higher and everything. So I think there was a universal optimism amongst like people and the fan base and everything. And I think our our recruitment and our um, our start to the season kind of it just only built on that optimism. I think um, I think at home especially we were 
pretty unstoppable. I think the, the problem was at times away from home, we didn't, if you look back at the, the stats in the games and uh, within the games, we didn't control them enough. And then we, we also didn't create enough um, goal-scoring opportunities. So at home, it was very good. At away, uh, me and, and Joe and uh, Joe Austin, the analyst, we, we'd often talk about, oh, we, did, we didn't create much today and stuff. And I think that slowly just kind of crept its way into to our home form as well. I don't think injuries um, to key players helped um, but I mean that does happen with other clubs as well. But um, yeah, and then I just think it was a case of confidence and belief, as, as so often is the case with, with footballers, uh, lower, lower league footballers as well. It can go very quickly, and I think that's what you saw um, happen. Um, and especially at home, at times, it, it, a place that was was such a fortress and such a a really lively and good place to play become difficult um, by the end of, of Kenny's time. So it was a, it was a weird one. I wouldn't I would never have said it would have uh, kind of ended so quickly and like it did after the start we have. But um, yeah, that's what happened. It was uh, it, it was a bit of a shock to be honest, even for me in, inside the, the building, you know. So obviously it was coming. Well, I felt as a fan base, we felt it was coming. I'm not sure how you felt as, as being part of the coaching staff. So. We had a 2-0 loss to Bristol Rovers and it all happened very, very quickly off the back of that, Matt. So, I mean, it must have been a bit of a whirlwind for you. So can you tell us from your perspective kind of what happens after the Bristol Rovers game? Yeah, so, I mean, first off, I had no idea. Um, like, it was kind of like one game and he's gone or whatever. I was very firmly doing my job um, as best as I can. Um it was strange because that game, actually, I thought Bristol, who are a very strong team, uh, having a good season, I thought we actually probably matched them. And speaking to their staff after the game, um, they were they were almost felt a little bit lucky to have won it. Um, I mean, they scored two good goals in the first half. But, um, but then after that, it obviously happened very quickly. I think the run that we've been on is probably not acceptable, in all honesty. Um, for the for the squad we've got and and the budget we've got, so I think uh, the club made a decision, and then obviously it uh, it came to me. Uh, Lingy informed me of the decision uh, after it went out to the the press and everything, and it honestly it's a it was a, it was a strange feeling because you have quite a lot of emotions going through your head. Um, at first, you, you're obviously a little bit shocked, and you have a little bit of butterflies. What next? What happens? And then after that, it was pretty much excitement. And then I just didn't have time to think of much. I was just on to kind of just always thinking about what's next, planning, trying to lift the players, trying to instill some belief uh, back into them, trying to give them a little bit more structure to work from. And that's um, that's how it went. I mean, to be honest, that happened Tuesday night. I think I spent about eight hours on the phone on Wednesday just mm. Getting back to people and and um, just messages and also speaking to the staff. What do we do and everything? So um, yeah, I think I got <laughs> that Tuesday night though. I think I got about three hours sleep. I was just I was tossing and turning. I just I was, there was I had so much running through my head. But it was it was a good. It was an exciting time. Um, yeah, it was um, it was just very very full on. And you're doing your A licence uh, at the moment, so you were, I guess, prepared Literally in some in the ways. Moment, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. So you were. You, so it, it wasn't kind of like in at the deep end, so to speak. Obviously, you knew the players. You knew what perhaps had gone wrong, or, or felt what what you could impart impart into the players. And you'd managed before, right, Matt? You'd done an interim spell. I think when we last interviewed Crawley. you, you'd done Crawley for a couple of games. 
yeah, no, I've done it for one game then. I, I took on um, Steve Evans at Mansfield then. And uh, yeah, it was a, that, that. I mean, that was a crazy experience because that, that happened and I, I never felt in any way prepared in any way, shape or form. This time, I felt um, much more prepared. I mean, I'm still very young in my like coaching journey. I did only finish playing um, like 18 months ago. So it's, it came a lot quicker than I wanted. It came a lot quicker than I wanted because totally because I wanted us to be successful. I thought, um, you know, the appointments and the signings we'd made. Um, and after a season last year where we weren't actually too far off it, you know, if you think about it with four games to go, I think we were in with a good shout. Um, so my plan is to, to keep, keep building my knowledge, keep, um, keep getting better, keep learning off each manager. Um, and I, I also obviously take the development games and I'm on the grass every day. So I'm learning, very much learning my trade. But this was, you're, you're in at the deep end and I've learned more in them two or three weeks that I've done it than I than you do um, in my other role. So mm-hmm. there's, there's lots of stuff that I really enjoyed about it, um, obviously. I would have, I would have loved to have won uh, a game, and but I mean there was a hell of a lot of work that went into the, into um, from the minute I got it until the minute obviously Richie took over, and and a lot of good stuff, you know. I'm not sure I would actually have changed much of what I'd done, but obviously you're viewed on on your results. It was funny actually. I took my um, little girl to uh, she had a race this morning. She's a, she does some athletics, and there was a paramedic there, and he kind of come up to me and went, oh. Um, are you Matt? And I said, yeah. And he went, oh, cool. You got loads of stick, didn't you? But I thought you'd done okay. I thought, yeah, that, that sounds about right. It's like, you do know when you're in the job, it's like, unless you win, um, things you do are not always viewed in a positive manner. But I, I think if you uh, to talk to the players and the staff, there was a, it was a good two weeks. We put a hell of a lot of work in and, and stuff in place to, to improve the players. It was just very hard with the timescale and the amount of games we had. So they were, you were in charge for two games, Matt, and they were quite, at the time, big, big games. We were in relegation trouble when they were against two fairly localish teams for the division. Well, it was three games, wasn't it, really? Because you've got Carlisle and then uh, Colchester and Stevenage, so it's three. Of course, Matt, yeah. So there were three big yeah. games. I mean, what, what, two points would, out of nine. I would nine. Like to forget Carlisle, I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, were you, were you happy with the return? Two points out of nine, you can look at it on paper and go, it's disappointing. However... Colchester felt like a, a win because of the late goal and Stevenage felt the same because of those two late goals. So you come away feeling like a win. I mean, your feelings feelings on them now looking back in hindsight on the results? Um, I have to be honest, I'm, 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 I'm not pleased with, with the results and with the points return. That, that's just my honest opinion. Mm. But So if it, it's, it's quite hard to just say that. So I have to break down the games a little bit. So... Um, went very much into the Carlisle game, wanting to be very positive, very get the crowd behind us, um, very front foot. And this is where you learn stuff it's because we, we were almost so gung-ho. You analyse the game and we make decisions early in the game and we leave ourselves very open. We concede a goal, which, again, is the thing that um, I wanted to avoid, was the crowd being anxious and the players being anxious. So, But then we're playing with that anxiety again, which wasn't ideal. Um, and then, to make matters worse, 50 minutes in, Theo gets harshly, I think, red-carded, although the first tackle's not great. The second one, I don't think the referee has to send him off. And you know what? It was... I thought the players really gave everything right to the end. We had a couple of chances cleared off the line. It wasn't ideal, but nevertheless, with 10 men up against it, I thought we we 
gave it a good um, account of ourselves. But from that game, actually, there was loads of stuff we worked on on the Monday, and then it really showed in the Colchester game, but a lot of it was without the ball, so we were trying to tighten up, be closer to the second balls, um, be more compact, and in the Colchester result, I felt you saw a really good performance, mm. um, albeit not great with the ball, but you, you could only do so much in the time frame. But then again, we conceded two poor goals, which was the frustrating thing. But we can we scored a late goal down the end where the fans were. And I thought that was going to be a momentum shift. Um, I thought it was um, the players and the fans, which I spoke about a lot. I, I think they wanted to get, I wanted to get that connection back, you know, because I, I know what it's like when you're at a club when there is that connection. It makes everything easier. So I was really happy with that um, point away. And then the Stevenage one was the one that sits with me. It was, um, in hindsight, an okay result, but I, I mean the performance was very anxious. Um, the goals were very poor, and it and it wasn't an enjoyable ninety minutes on the side of the pitch. It was quite, um, it was quite. You feel quite helpless on the side. So, you know, it was it was a really good experience. There were parts of it that I really loved. The games where you're behind, obviously, is not ideal, but it does make you think. It makes you work it makes you try and motivate the players more and make little tweaks to to get the results so there was a hell of a lot of good stuff in there I thought the week's trainings and everything I put into the players or as a staff uh, we put into the players was really good um, but ultimately you're judging the match day aren't you and mm. my job was to get wins and it didn't quite happen but I felt the mentality changed a bit and a bit of the structure changed. That, that's my honest opinion. Um, people will disagree, but I think within the club they saw I gave it, I gave it everything, and um, and I've, I've honestly, it was a it was a really good two two and a half weeks. I think the the staff, it was a great atmosphere amongst the staff. The players were all um, really positive and good. So yeah, it. It, it wasn't ideal in terms of points, but a lot of good things came out of it, I think. I'm inclined to agree that I was in the Colchester. I was at the Colchester game, and when you saw Ruel's goal, he just thundered that in. That was the start of the momentum yeah. shift for me. And I genuinely yeah. thought that we would push on, but you could honestly see that there was a change in, you know, whatever you tried to implement in training, you could definitely try to see that it was more... that we know they can kick a football. We know that they can take instruction. There was clearly a belief issue from you know, an outsider looking in. Um, so clearly you'd worked on bringing smiles back to people's faces. It's something that Richie Wellens had said on, on, in his um, sort of appointment and sort of pre-match interviews yeah. about you know, having them play with a smile on their face and enjoying what they were doing. So what did you, uh, I guess, what, what surprised you uh, coming into this role that perhaps you hadn't considered or thought or just maybe something left field maybe that, that had, had sort of happened? Um. I suppose a good question. First off, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I suppose it's just there's so many factors that come into it. I mean, you think you've thought of everything, you think you've done everything, and then you worry about: Are we giving them too much information? Are they playing freely? You know, so there's just there's so many factors that come into it, and then you prepare everything, and then you you might give away a goal, or there might be some moment. Well, I mean, the, it, it, for instance. I look back at it, and we were behind in so many of my in my games in charge. So you you always felt like you're on the back foot, and you're going, having to almost think of something to try and change. Or, or I remember Ruel scored against Stevenage at home. We're back in the game. I thought, right, 
good, good. Like, let's get in at half time, can make a few tweaks or whatever, and then we can see the terrible goal. But the guy volleys it in, like, um, across the goal. Great goal. Great yeah. finish. And I just think, God, oh, blimey. How's your luck? And yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. I mean, and I, and, I, and I totally understood that game. It was really frustrating one because we didn't pass the ball anywhere near enough. And I'd done, while I still had, I still had the job on Monday, obviously, mm. um, before Richie came in and we, and we looked back at the game and, and lost, kicked the ball like 60 times. And that, that was just way, way too many. So I'd worked, um, for for the the last three games on out of possession, so we wanted just to be harder to beat, um, like more together as a team. That was my thing, and then after that, you would obviously try and drip in more with the ball stuff, which Richie's been great with and and really adva- um, excelled with 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 the with the team, you know. So I think what I realised is you can't do it all straight away. Um, as much as I'd like to, it, I, you, you, it is a bit of a process and it does take time to implement the things you want. And, and to be honest, I think uh, how quick Richie's done it is a testament to him, you know, um, because I think we've seen in, in the game, in the games, how much suddenly we're dominating the ball and controlling, controlling the game, which ultimately is what any coach really wants to do. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned Richie Wenners, Matt. So Richie got disappointed, if I remember rightly, I think either on the Tuesday or the Wednesday um, yeah. after the Stevenage game. So, I mean, what does... Obviously, you're his first point of contact when it comes to talking about the team. So, what did what did Richie say to you when he was appointed? What did he want to know? And what, what was he asking? Yeah, so, um, it was interesting, actually. I had... Um I had an actual. I was at Charlton's training ground with with my A license, and uh, I knew. Obviously, I know PT. I played with um, Paul Terry from my time at Yeovil, and he gave me a ring, and he just said, "Oh, look, we're at, we're at the hotel um, in Waltham Abbey. Can you can you pop over?" And it was like eight o'clock. I'd just uh, been been coaching for a few hours, but I zoomed over there, and we had a really good like hour and a half um, chat. Went through everything. Think. You know, you know the the first thing that hit me was just a really good guy, really easy to talk to, um, good, good personality and, ca- and character. You know, I, 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 like it's always nice to to kind of feel that. So it ultimately, it really felt like um, easy to get along with, which is a great thing when you're with someone so much. And then we obviously spoke about how we wanted to play, the players we had, um, the club in general, and obviously, um, I know we're not in a the position we want to be but there's a hell of a lot of good things about the club the ownership the, the fan base and everything like that where the club's been where it's going so uh, try to give him um, all that kind of information and then um, and, and that was it really we, obviously we spoke in depth about all the players but um, it was a really really good meeting really positive meeting I, I, I left it feeling really excited and then I think I think I've just really enjoyed it ever since you know he's given uh, it gives you a lot of onus to do what you want and he also lets you have your opinion but he's honestly his is the final say you know um, so it's just been really positive and enjoyable since since the minute he walked in to be honest the club put out a video of his first kind of meeting with the players where he made them all go to uh, the whiteboard or the board with a big piece of paper on and write down one yeah. thing they were going to contribute. Did did you write anything down, Matt? And if you did write something on this piece of paper, what did you write? No, I, that was just for the players, um, to be honest. But I, I did think, is he going to stick you on the spot here? So I did have something in my mind. My, <laughs> my, mine would have honestly been um, it, it's togetherness because I just think... Like if you're all together pulling in the same direction, it can uh, 
is just can be a real powerful force. And I think any promotion winning team that I've been in, good sides, have, have always had that togetherness. Now, the, the thing is, I do think that the lads have it. They're, they are, I know that a lot of people say it, they're a good group, but when when you lose a bit of belief and confidence, it can it can easily look like the players don't care, they can't run, they don't jump. But it's just like it's just how you feel when you're you're not winning and you're you're confident and you are getting stick. So I think togetherness would have been um, would have been the thing I would have wrote down. And I think I think lads did write that to be honest. But it, uh, you know what that meeting was really good. I think it um, it relaxed them all as well. It wasn't um, it wasn't too uptight or. Or dictate or like a dictatorship. It was just um, relaxed, and and it was almost a bit. You know what? I'm sure we'll go back to that and say, well, you know what? You wrote that down, so you've got to keep your end of the bargain. You know. I actually thought that, and I've I've looked at a lot of people that do the kind of mental side of sort of employment side of things, if you like, and and having that accountability. I listen to a lot of these sort of mindset podcasts as well, and a lot of it is about accountability yeah. and what are you going to promise to do. And then yeah. people can then revert back and say, well, actually, you wrote down that you were going to do X, Y, and Z. What was the, um, I guess everyone's going to say like positivity. Uh, I guess there's probably, um, like you said, togetherness, probably banter. Someone's going to be the funny guy. What was it kind of, was yeah. there an odd one or were they all pretty tame? Um, the one that stood in my mind was actually um, Drinnens because he, he wrote goals down. So that's, that's one that ain't always um, controllable, is it? No. So, um, but I, Good old but I, I think the manager said I like that one, um, you know, because it, it showed a confidence. Obviously, Drews has had a great season. Um, so I think that was the one that kind of stood out as being slightly different. Um, the thing that also was was um was good was uh, we we've got we've got some youngsters and they they had no problem in stepping up and and kind of it's always when you come up and put something you you you're opening yourself up to be taken a piss out of don't you so yeah. it was good that they showed that and there was um it, it was it was just like quite an open forum which was nice i thought love it has richie done anything specifically that kenny hasn't and you thought that is genius is there one thing specifically that he's done that, that or is it just a kind of a whole ele- mixture of things that, that Richie's done that Kenny, Kenny wasn't able to, to, to do um, no I don't think I don't think there's one like magic thing I think that that's the thing with football you think um, like I, I can't remember who, I, think, I think it might have been Daryl Clark when I spoke to him this season he said he said to me like you you never crack it you know and mm. it's quite true there's there's sometimes there's never any one magic moment it's just mm. I think probably the word is consistency in it it's like if you're consistent with your hard work with how you work with how you you go around your job um, I think that's the important thing what I'd say about Richie is is the atmosphere is relaxed but it's focused I think that's a good place to be you know when it when it's like that he's obviously a different character to, to managers we've had before um, and he's relaxed but obviously he's also a winner he's had a very good career and he demands a hell of a lot so I would say that's the combination that's um, that struck me so far you know it's been that kind of combination he's walked in and sort of gained the respect of the players hasn't he um, he seems quite authoritative as well it's like he can actually be up for a laugh and a joke, but actually when it comes to, to business, he's actually very kind of dead set, straight, and um, he's, yeah, he's quite on it. very straight, 
straight straight speaking yeah definitely yeah. Um, there's been a few times where he puts you on the spot but in a, in a good way you know you've got to think you've got to give your opinion and I, I, I like I like that you know mm. um, just just got to make sure you give the right answer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you win isn't it if you win it's the right answer so. absolutely but that's um, but that's the yeah. whole thing is is you know he came in for a lot of criticism um, for the older match he's come in for some criticism um, before we obviously knew that there was injuries you know because of the changes that he's he's made um, yeah. had had we won those games there would have been no criticism uh, but we didn't yeah. so it's kind of it's a it's a fine fine balance there um, yeah it's the world we live in though isn't it I yeah. mean football is very much you you win and you're a hero you lose and you're useless um, you draw and you, you live a, uh, live another day it's a little bit like that isn't it I mean yeah. obviously I'm not I'm not overly active on social media so I think <laughs> I think it can be quite a dangerous place um, you know when you're the, the top man it, because because obviously it's um it's people's opinions, it's passion. The, the players want to win, uh, the, the fans want to win so badly. And if they don't, they're not happy. Like, I'm, I'm an Arsenal fan. We, we, we've had a couple of bad results, and you know, you, you do get annoyed by things. I'm, it's, it's only human nature. So I do completely understand that. Um, but you've also got to understand there's a hell of a lot more goes to it than that. You know, there's so many factors that um, fans aren't privy to because you're with the players every day. Yeah. Um, the decisions you make in the team, like I think some sometimes the fans think it's a very, oh, why aren't you doing that? And there's a hell of a lot of conversations which go into every decision. You know, you you might not play someone because you want to go over experience for a certain uh, game, or or you know, or someone's trained badly, or someone's something else has happened. You might want to look at some someone else, obviously, like like Richie did. Um, Oldham, so there's a hell of a lot more goes into it, which sometimes people don't understand, which is why you're probably best not reading a lot of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we've played 41 games now this season. There's only five left. It might seem, you know, we're 49 points. We're 12 clear yeah. of, of Stevenage, who occupy the final relegation spot. So I guess to a greater or lesser extent, the, you know, people are probably thinking a little bit ahead to the end of the season now and summer holidays and so forth. But... I guess from your perspective, what are you kind of looking for from the rest of the season? What are your kind of aims or what's the, 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 the team's aims to, to for the end of the season? I'm assuming one of them will be to win as many games as possible. But aside from Yeah, that, that, that goes without saying. I think I think what I think what they need to show is a real mentality that they're not just gonna coast through the rest of the season. I think there'll be a chance for a lot of players and I think the, the managers, you know, the managers are ambitious. The club's ambitious. We've got, we've got good owners. We've got Lingy who's ambitious. We've got staff. Who amb- I'm, I'm ambitious. I'm not, you know, I, I want to be a coach in, in League One um, mm. uh, sooner rather than later. That, that's how everyone at the club is geared. So, I mean, people, people need to impress now. They need to do what's being asked of them, you know. I mean, there's information going into the players daily new information and they've got to be able to take it on board and they've got to be able to perform you know if not then obviously decisions get get made so I think it's a it's a pressurised um, you know it's a pressurised world we live in and, and and so from now to the end of the season you don't want to see the players coast through it you don't want to see anyone down in tools or anything it's got to be a, a strong strong end to the, to the season that's how I see it anyway Good answer, Good answer. Can I quickly ask you about Ruel Sotiriou? Obviously, under Kenny, he didn't get yeah, much game time. You brought him in. 
yeah. gave him a start against Colchester, and then since, since that he's been on fire. Are you taking all the credit for uh, <laughs> Ruel's form now? Are you uh, you going to do a Tim Sherwood like you done on Harry Kane and say you made him you made him the striker he was and gave him his big chance to get back in? <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's all down to me. He wouldn't have had that trophy um, this weekend if it weren't for me. It's all down to me. <laughs> No, you know what though? If it, cause, so I, I didn't play him against Carlisle, did I? Um, yeah. I, I, uh, I, it was a really tough call actually. Um, I wanted to use him off the bench, and he weren't happy about it. And I actually like that about him. He can be a, a, an angry, an angry man, which I, I don't mind too much because it reminds me of myself when I was younger. But um, yeah, he, he weren't too happy with me, and I had a chat with him on the, the day before the Colchester game, and I so kind of said, "Come on, mate! Like you, you know." I, I explained everything to you. Now, look, if you're annoyed with me, go and show it tomorrow. And um, to be honest, he ain't looked back since, has he? So mm, maybe it was no. by me not playing him in the first yeah. game that's actually sent him on his journey. But he's um, he's a player I really like. I think he's got a hell of a lot um, about him, a hell of a lot, um, a hell of a future ahead of him if he keeps working hard and, and um, every day, mm. which um, which he needs to. There's no doubt about it. He needs to. And um, hopefully he stays and... Um, you know, fires us to a, a really positive finish next season. Yeah, it begs the question as to why Kenny Jacket didn't, but that's a rhetorical question because we'll never really know the answer to that. Um, yeah, but but you have to you have to understand if you look at our front players. I mean, we've got some firepower there. You know, we've got mm. players um, who can score goals. We've got Harry and Driz, obviously, who scored the goals. Theo, who's a threat. Paul Smith, who's kind of like um, a huge signing for the football club who's, who showed glimpses but been so unlucky with injuries and everything so it's not always easy just to, to throw throw players in and, and for them to hit the ground running all uh, like all the time so this is his chance he's just got to keep it going now Yeah I, I completely take on board what you're saying I'd argue though that in the period when obviously the downward spiral that, that Kenny was at the helm, you'd argue that with the players, yeah. the strikers not scoring goals, and that was one of our issues, uh, with really tight games, we'd end up losing 1-0 here or there. You'd want to kind of put him on um, just to change it up and freshen it up a bit. But yeah. that's all yeah, in I his can't head. disagree with that. No, I can't disagree You know, with freshen that. it up, do something different, don't keep trying the yeah. same thing over and over and expect a different outcome. If you've got players low on confidence... Change them, give them a rest, give them a break from it all, and, and put in a Ruel Satoru who's young and hungry, and let him go and score a goal like he did against Colchester for you, because that was one hell of a goal. Yeah, definitely. One of my favourite yeah, goals. Yeah, it was. Um, so yeah. we've got the summer just round the corner, mate. Um, what does the summer hold in store for us? Do you think we've got some players on loan? We've got some players out of contract. What do you kind of, if you had a crystal ball in front of you, what would you be thinking so, be showing? I mean. I think with the squad, um, I mean, obviously, there's been a, a lot of conversations. We haven't got a huge amount of room for manoeuvre, so obviously, we're um, we've got quite a lot of players who are, are signed for next season. I think if you look at the results um, since since Richie came in and the performances, I think they've been very good. So I think. Uh, Richie's been very happy with the group. I think it's surprising the group, especially. Um, I mean, he's come from League One at Donny, where he said he obviously had a lot of injuries and everything there, but he he was really pleasantly surprised with his group. So I don't know on the on the the exact decisions. I'm sure there's still a hell of a lot of uh, football to be played to in order to make them decisions. Obviously, now the club is going to um, try and strengthen the squad. That's what you need to keep doing. You need to keep evolving. Need to keep trying to improve. 
so them conversation are underway. Um, I think it's a I think it's an optimistic place to be with with the mood around the place at the minute. We just need to uh, we just need to keep harnessing that and just keep improving it. Obviously, bringing bringing um, as good players as we can, get the recruitment right, and I think the optimism um, will be there next season. I think I think we've got a young, hungry squad, a good, hungry, young staff as well, that's, which is important as well. So I think the club's geared to go um, in a really positive direction. But we'll, we probably would have said this last summer, wouldn't we? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so Matt, before we let you go, mate, just one more thing, I guess, to, to get from you. What's your message tonight to the Orient fans? There's five games left of the season. There's still... 15 points to play for I guess depending on what way you look at it you might some fans might think it's been a, a wasted season some fans might think it's been an exciting season now and to get to where we are might be excited for next season so I guess as we sit here tonight what, what would be your message to the O's fans and the listeners um oh, I'm going to try and give you a, a gem of wisdom here but I'm not <laughs> sure I've got one um, <laughs> what, I would, what I would say is I, I think look we're we're trying to finish the season as strong as, strong as possible, but there there will be time there will be times where you know uh, people are being looked at results or, or stages of games not might not be going exactly how we want them to. I just think they should need to stay patient, trust in the process that's in place, trust in what that everyone's working really as hard as they can to to get the club where we want it to be and to start next season in a real positive place. I don't think. Um, I don't think we're getting relegated. We're obviously not going going up, so there's not a huge amount of pressure on us. But I think it's important that the the boys show a, a mentality and the, and the, and the fans. You know what? Then it'll be good if we can have some real positivity ending this season, going into next season. I think that's the uh, that's the main message. So so get behind the boys. Try and try and turn up in numbers, even though I understand it, there's not loads to play for. Um, but it does help. It does help. It's a hell of a lot better place to play when um, the the crowd are there and they're behind us. I think was it the Barrow game where um, so many were there. So that, yeah, that was yeah. a real. Football it felt like a really game. great occasion. That so mm. let's um, let's try and make it um, like that at home, especially. Yeah. Thank you, mate. That, that's that's great. I, I guess, though, although we don't necessarily have something to play for, we've got Scunthorpe, who are literally, if they lose on against us on Friday, that pretty much relegates them. Swindon, Northampton and Tranmere are three out of the remaining fixtures. They've all got something to play for, so we can actually have a fairly big big say on how the league, the league kind of pans oh, out. Massive, and, and yeah. to be honest, Richie said that after the game on uh, against Sutton, and I hope that doesn't come across like I'm saying, um, "Oh, we're just going to experiment and not take it seriously." Oh, no. We go out every day like like it's um, like it hurts. It, like yesterday hurt. You 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 know, we mm. I don't think we deserve to lose, but I still I woke I woke up grumpy this morning. You know, ask my missus. So <laughs> it's just um, it's just how it is. You do give absolutely everything. The players do as well, um, but there are obviously other factors. Why you don't just turn up and win every week, aren't there? So um, we've got a massive, um, massive, massive role to play in where where teams finish this season, and um, we we want to win as many as we can. We're, we're doing everything we can to do that. Yeah. Great stuff, Mr. Ginger Pele, Matt Harold. Lovely to have you back <laughs> on the podcast, my friend. Best of luck for the last five games. And we'll leave you now to crack on with your revision for your uh, A license and wish you the best of luck for your exam this week. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Cheers, guys. Cheers, man. Cheers, Take man. care, buddy. All the best. Take care, mate. You too. Bye. Cheers, bye. So that was the Ginger Pele, Matt Harold. 
thought that was an awesome interview. He's amazing. He's so honest. And obviously, look, I mean, people will probably say, well, why didn't you ask what was wrong with Kenny? And what was it? You know, at the end of the day, there's a level of professionalism that, that you know, he's not going to go into. He's still working at the club and yeah. he's still, you know, looking for a career in the game. So we obviously have to be careful. Yeah, he has to be careful how he answers and we have to not put him in a position where he's going to embarrass himself or, or, or be unprofessional. So, you know, he was as honest as, 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 he, as he was and, and as open as he possibly can be and we can't do anything but thank him for doing that. And this is his Sunday night that he's doing yeah, it absolutely. on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we and always record our interviews live. So, you know, he's given up a half hour of his Sunday, Sunday evening. Night, busy yeah. Sunday evening. Back While he's doing his tomorrow. A So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So we appreciate that. Thanks to the club for sorting it out. Thanks to Matt coming on and we hope you've got some decent insight out of that I thought that was really enjoyable so we'll kick yeah. on with the supporters club update so one trip to tell you about this week it's on Easter Monday the 18th of April Swindon Town away coaches leave at 10am for this one which kicks off at 3pm adults will cost £33 concessions will be £30 and remember these prices do not include your match day ticket if you want to book for this you can visit the supporters club uh, before or after the Scunthorpe game, or you can call the travel line on 0507 539 579. Only two away games left now this season. Three home games left. Almost, It's almost done and dusted. It is almost done and dusted. You're absolutely right. The final two home games, obviously, we've got... Sorry, the final home games, we've obviously got Scunthorpe this Friday. And we, then we've got... Um, following week, we've got Northampton, and the final game of the season is Tranmere. Yeah. So, not easy games for us coming up so a couple of bits of AOB some good news belated happy birthdays we missed it last week to Orient's <laughs> assistant head coach Paul Terry who celebrated his birthday last week hope you had a great day although I don't reckon you listen but we'll say it anyway Mate, you never Appreciate know it. you never know uh, and also a massive congratulations to Dino Dini Cox and his Worthing side who got promoted yesterday was it yesterday they, went up? they got yeah. promoted yesterday as champions from the Isthmian League Premier Division, so well done to Tiny Cox taking uh, a team to promotion. So we wish you all the yeah. best for next season, making making a step up. It'd be a interesting season, next yeah. season for Worthing. That's a that's a great start as he's not been there that long as well. So great stuff, Dean. Well done, mate. Uh, so let's move on then. The week that was fair few bits happened this week. It's fair to say. Well done, first of all, to Omar Beckel, Omar Beckel, sorry, who was in the Skybet League Two Team of the Weekend following his performance away to Warsaw. Yeah, well done, Omar. So that was Monday the 4th. Let's move on to Huey Tuesday, the 5th of April. And Royal Satiriu was nominated for the Skybet League 2 Player of the Month for March. He scored six goals and one assist in eight games. Pretty pretty damn good there, Rel. He was up against Cameron Dawson from Exeter, who's a keeper. Ben Garrity of Port Vale. And he was also up against Mitch Pinnock from Northampton. Obviously, the result came later in the week. Yeah, we were in action on Tuesday afternoon against the Brentford B team in uh, in a behind-closed-doors friendly at Brisbane Road. Uh, and with the result 0-0, which I think is a fairly decent uh, outcome for that, the team lined up with Sargent in goal, Moss, Georgiou, a trialist, Mitchell and Sweeney, who was captain, Brown, Tanga, Young and Fish, with Obiero and Nkrumah up top. Subs for this were Byrne, Papadopoulos, Pegram, Harvest, Sodji, Clements and Davis. Yeah, I think when I first looked at that team, I thought that was a bit younger and a bit weaker than what I thought we would have put out against Brentford B. But, you know, based on yesterday's squad and the injuries and the illnesses that have been around. So, yeah, no surprise there. But very decent against Brentford B as well. You're you're always going to take that. It'd be good experience for those young players and good to see people like Sergeant and Moss 
Mitchell, who's not played Absolutely. a game in a while, yeah. getting a good 90 minutes against what I presume decent was a decent side, quality mm. opposition. Because so they take that quite team. seriously, that B team. Yeah. That's, that's their structure there. So, yeah, it's, it's a good opportunity for, for, as you said, for players to get minutes. I expected a side that, would ha- that needed to have players getting minutes in their legs um, and also some of the youngsters to get out and play um, as well. And I guess probably one or two that may or may not be offered a contract next season just yeah. to get some some game time to be watched by scouts who I assume uh, were probably there as well. Um, so also announced on Tuesday the 5th of April were the club's March Player of the Month nominees. Darren Prattley, Royal Satoru. Adam Thompson and Connor Wood were up for this one. Yeah, the result hasn't been announced yet. I'd expect that to be announced on Monday, soon. Monday However, morning, nine o'clock. There's some good um, some positivities there. You look at Darren Prattley; he's done well. Yeah, come on, dump, bought out Agreed. of the darkness back into the first team. Ruel goes without saying. Adam Thompson gone under the radar a bit. Centre back playing at right back. Different job. Different job, you know, completely from a centre back. Yeah. Being awareness of different things, I think he's done really well actually. Same as Connor Wood, who was the last nomination. Both fullbacks doing really well under Richie Wellens. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking at it, Morel will win it. Correct. It's a fan vote. It's not. It's not going to be anyone other than Morel. However, Prattley, Thompson, and Wood have all had excellent months. Yeah, um, agree. So you can only say well done to them. People like Vigru have gone under the radar. Vigru's had a good month as well. Kept a certain mm-hmm. amount of clean sheets and made some pretty important saves at big time. So. Yeah. Good to see four nominations that you look at and go, well, any of those could have won, but it will be Ruel, you would imagine. I'd so imagine, yeah. On Wednesday, the 6th of April, the day after, Ruel was up for another award as he was nominated for the PFA Fans Player of the Month for March. This award is decided by the public vote. I think voting for this one closes tomorrow on Monday at something like 6pm, so I'd expect the winner to be announced middle of this week, you'd imagine. So good luck, Ruel. Can he make it a double? Yeah, absolutely. It'd be. I think he was quite a way behind in the voting last time yeah. uh, I looked. Uh, Thursday, then the seventh of April. Happy birthday to Leighton Orient Chief Scout, a certain DJ Fozzy, Steve Foster. Happy birthday to you, mate. Yeah, hope you had a great one, Steve. And also on the Thursday, the club announced its goal of the month for March contenders, which there wasn't one for February. So welcome back. And what a list as well. These aren't just for normal goals. Any one of these goals could win any standard. Goal yeah. of the Month award. First up, Ruel versus Colchester that we spoke about earlier during Matt's interview. You said that was a great goal. You were right behind it oh, as he pulled You could it. just hear it hit the underneath yeah. of the bar and just go in that spank. Fantastic. So most months that probably walks the vote. That was followed by Theo Archibald against Stevenage. We were right behind that. Yeah. Top bins. Yeah. Second, that South was the equalising goal. Last minute. Mm. That, again, could be easily win On its own. a standard goal of the month award. Yeah. Third nomination was Paul Smith against Rochdale, the 35-yard rocket. rocket. I mean, that was a beautiful goal. If that wasn't enough, your last nomination was Paul Smith again against Barrow when he rounded the keeper and from the most obscene angle, angle yeah. got it in. Yeah. So all four goals are great goals. You're looking at it and go, Paul Smith probably takes it. I mean, yeah. I, got, I think both Paul Smith goals were as good as each other. I really think that 35-yarder, for the context and for how quiet he was during that match and how much of a struggle it was to watch that match uh, against Rochdale and being a goal down completely out of the blue as well. I thought that was an absolute banger of a goal. But I also think for technicality, his goal against Barrow, Ruel's against Colchester for what it meant at the time given, as we just heard from Matt Harold, like what he was trying to do, turn around a a fledgling, a flailing side rather. Um, They've all got merit in their own right. So it'd be really interesting to see how it all 
how it all pans out, really. And it's good that our mate Dave gets his uh, <laughs> gets to present a proper award for a proper month's yes. worth of goals. Well done, Mr. Blitz. So Friday, then the eighth of April. And we are pleased to say congratulations to Royal Sotorio, who was named the EFL League Two Player of the Month for March. Amazing. Shows you how quickly things can change in football. Absolutely. Barely in January gets to look in. And like you know, Matt said, didn't select him for his first game when he was interviewing against Carlisle, Bortman against Colchester, only eight games ago. And he hasn't looked back. That's right. Six goals, smashed one it. assist. Absolutely smashed it. He needs to kick on now. I think Matt summed up perfectly. He needs to keep working hard. Yeah. Not let it go to his head. Yeah. And hopefully we, we time down and get the best out of him for the next couple of years because although he's been around Dorian for years he's still young in terms of football Like he's been now around the first thing for three years now three or yeah. four years however he's still got youth on his side yeah. and you know if you believe what you read Charlton are looking at him Plymouth are looking at him there was a good a good uh, article yesterday morning from a reliable a pretty good uh, football league like website that doesn't normally get stuff wrong normally on point so you know, it's probably clubs looking at him going, he was quite young, March player of the month, lead two, six goals mm-hmm. and eight games for a team who was struggling. And if you look at some of his goals, he takes them well, very direct, good finisher. Big future ahead of him. That's Hopefully, right. it's with Leighton Iron, but, you know, we'll I'd, like to, I'd like to hope it would be, uh, because I think it, he, I think another year or two with us, I think he'll be ready for that big move like the Caroma had, like the Bon had, for example. Um, but you, what he doesn't want to do is take a take a, a move to a side a bigger side and then end up being on the bench well, or in the 23s you never because know because that's, yeah. that's always he wants to go somewhere where he's going to play otherwise what's the point he may as well stay with us and, and fire us up up into League 1 and then be the yeah, main yeah but you look at Karoma didn't get anywhere at Huddersfield until second season he was that's going alone here and everywhere Ek Patessa took a long time to settle at Blackpool he didn't go straight in he was around the bench and took him about six months to a year so it'd be interesting hopefully yeah. You know, we're not having this conversation, and he signs a deal with us, and we've Absolutely. got him on our books. But interesting to see what happens with Real. You know, yeah. Two months ago, had he been released, I don't think many people would have really been that bothered. Now, however, I think yeah, I'd have been gutted. So. But there you go. Congratulations goes to Omar Beckles, who was announced as the PFA Player in the Community for League Two. Club announcement said that three other EFL players have also been recognised by being named divisional winners of the 2022 PFA Player in the Community Award and the award is given to the players that go above and beyond with community work either due to the breadth of involvement or for the depth of support for one particular project. The overall winner is going to be announced live at the EFL Awards on Sunday the 24th of April. That's in two weeks' time. Yeah. So good luck to Omar. Yeah, best of luck to Omar. So let's move on. This is Saturday the 9th of April. And in the morning, the young O's are in action. They're at home against Northampton Town. And top of the table clash at Brisbane Road as well. And it was the O's who took the lead in the 10th minute through Sapanara. And a 25-yard screamer from Zeca Biero in the 23rd minute doubled our lead, which is how the scoreline stayed until half-time. And in the 66th minute, it was 3-0 as APAT mm. rounded the game off. That's how the match ended, with the O's staying at the top of the table after a convincing 3-0 win. I've got to be honest, I had no idea we were top of the league. Like Obviously, we report on the results Absolutely. week by week, but we don't see a league table or whatever. And then it was like top of the table clash. I was like, like oh, we're top, brilliant. And then we beat the team for a second. So it seems like the academy have had an amazing season. So well done to Brian Sarr, Alex Lawless, everyone working, you know, Decahoonies off there. So amazing. Well done, long mate, continue. Absolutely. Yeah, it'd be great if on this new span new website that the club have put out, if they had a bit more intel on that, I think that would go a long way to helping okay. the fans relate yeah. to the 
um, relate to the to, to the youth side as well because they're coming through like the and crewmers that are coming through. Yeah. It'd be nice to know a little bit more about that and also see some footage of their games. Although maybe that wouldn't be a good thing for scouts to come and poach our players. But anyway, the main event of Saturday, as we all know by now, was Sutton United away, and we run a poll as always. Just 131 votes this week in 24 hours. Uh, just over 17% thought we'd lose. Just over, well, nearly 39% thought we'd draw. But a whopping, I don't know what pills people were taking, 43.5% thought that we'd win. I, didn't th- I thought it would be a draw. I thought it would be a tight game based on the form that we were coming into. I thought it would be a difficult game. I thought they might be suffering a bit of a hangover from losing the EFL yeah. trophy after 120 minutes. Yeah. It would have absolutely knackered them out. However, you know... It didn't go that way, but as always, a massive thank you for all of your votes. Yeah, Twitter poll has been a bit low on votes last couple of weeks. So if you are on Twitter and you see the voting poll, <laughs> vote, why not? Have some fun. Let us know what you think. So the team was announced for this one at 2pm. Lawrence Vigaru in goal. Dan Moss, right back. Omar Beckel, Shadogi and Jaden Sweeney at left back. Uh, mid-central midfield, Dan Prattley, Hector Kiprianu with Osis Khan. Paul Smyth, Theo Archibald and Aaron Drynan making up the rest of the 11. On the bench, we had Sam Sargent, George Ray, Jordan Brown, Matt Young, Frank Nublé, Ruel Satiriou and Dan and Krumah. Yeah, surprised there were so many changes. Obviously, I'm writing this at the time. Four changes to that lineup. Yeah, um, surprised that there were so many. Um, be interested. Obviously, I'm writing this at the time. Obviously, I know now why, yeah. why that was. Be interested to know where Thompson, Wood, and, and Smith are. Assume illness, injury, uh, or rotation, something yeah. like that. Be interesting to see. More importantly, what sort of a performance we'll get with these changes? Because the last time we did that against Oldham, didn't work. We lost. It was terrible. We went back to the the negative style that we'd uh, embraced previously. Unfortunately, yeah. I it mean. Was- yeah, it's good to see. I mean, Vigaru gets his 100th cap, which is pretty decent for Vigaru. Yeah. Well done to Vig. A lot of changes. Big chances there for Dan Moss, who's not featured at all under Welland. So, big chance for Moss. Yeah. Big chance for me, for Jaden Sweeney. I think Sweeney, you know, is probably playing for a contract. Agreed. Or playing to get around the team. So, big opportunity there for Sweeney. You know, featured earlier in the season. I think away to Carlisle, he started. But since then, he's been on loan to... I think he's gone on two loan spells and not really, you know, done too much there. So, big opportunity for him. Good to see Krumer on the bench. You know, most weeks we're talking about the youth team. He is either assisting or scoring. So yeah. well deserved there for Krumer. Thought Alex Mitchell may have featured, but Agreed. obviously Wellens yeah. talks about Mitchell afterwards. Uh, be interesting to see Richie's thoughts post match. Um, I know it because obviously we can sit here and say interesting that X and Y haven't been selected, but until you hear the managers talk, you don't really know why or why not. So quite a lot of tweets um, when the yeah. team was announced. Billy Carroll, GB, got us. Uh, started this week he said if this is the mini pre-season Wellens was talking about then why isn't Sarge given a go everyone else is being given a go I think that's a very valid point actually you yeah. see people like Dan Moss Jaden Sweeney he's talking about wanting to assess players in a live environment but he's not changed Vigoru or not giving Sargent a chance so I Maybe. think that's a very good point there from Billy. Agree. Maybe it's because that was his 100th, that would have been his 100th appearance and also I guess the goalkeeper there's only one position so and it's quite a pivotal position, it, it, but you're not. And we've lost the game now, so he could have quite easily have said. Yeah. But Lawrence Vigoru made a lot of stellar saves. Yes, in he that. has. However, not to say that Sam wouldn't have, but Billy does make a good point. Yeah. it's one of those six of one and half a dozen of the other. Yeah, I mean, I think we mentioned it was hundredth appearance. He gave a good interview with the club actually, and said he had a good chat with Wellens when Wellens was appointed because they right. didn't really that, that see eye to eye from what he was saying. But you know. 
which is spoken about wanting to see players in a live environment. Yeah. Sergeant's out of contract in the summer. Yeah. He's not going to see Sergeant in a live playing environment. Correct. Unless he gives him a chance. In a League Two yeah. game. Unless he gives him a chance. Very good point there from Billy. I, I suspect he'll be starting against Gunthorpe. Do you reckon? I suspect. If, if you know, like Billy has said, this mini pre-season where yeah, he's... Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think you'll see Sergeant play for this season. Fair enough. I think it'd be interesting to see if he does, though. I think that's a very valid point. It's what we're here for. Yeah. Southend Bob said, illness forcing the changes according to Dulcet Dave. Does not look like a strong bench. That's a fair point. You look at the bench and go, it could be stronger. However... You know, if players true. are injured or suspended or ill, can't, not much you can do about that. Absolutely. Alan Reeves too said, still don't see the point of Ryan Nublay as they are only on loan and not even close to being good enough. Surely the youngsters would be better. Some absolutely fire tweets on this one. I agree. Nublay, like we are, fear Archibald, I think we may sign. I think <clears> we've seen enough about Archibald that we all probably want him to sign. I'd have him tomorrow. Exactly right. So when Archibald starts, go, fair enough. Players like, we're not going to sign Frank Nublay next season. Like, it's just not going to happen. So why put him on the bench when, again, Fish, for example, who's played against Brentford B, he's got a hat-trick last week. Why not put him on the bench instead? There's mm. good, good points there. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that. You know, SS Orient, 1879, says, Richie Wenham's doing what he said when Leighton Orient was safe from relegation. Up the O's. The tipping Tim said, the worst line-up there is, Drinnan's fringe. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's what all the cool kids are doing with their hair. Orient got the game underway and in the ninth minute, something close as a free kick was looped into the box, nearly hopped into the top corner. But Vigaru done well, made the save of his fingertips, and from the resulting corner, Alafi headed over the bar. I mean, certainly, we saw it when they came to our place. They attack you, they're direct, they put balls in the box. Their home form has been sensational this season. Mm. They're a good team, and they've still got a realistic chance of the playoffs. They really are. realistic chance. So, yeah. you know, it was always going to be a tough game. Yeah, they're currently 10th in the league at the moment. They've got game yeah. in hand. And what are they, 64 points and 66 is Newport County yeah, in the last tight. playoff space. You're absolutely right. 16 minutes on the clock now. Paul Smith won a free kick, which Theo Archibald put into the box. Aaron Drynan took a snapshot, but that was saved low by Bazanis. Yeah, 19th minute, former O, Harry Buterman went close. He had a shot acrobatically saved by Vigru there. One for the cameras on his 100th appearance. 100%. <laughs> 20 minutes on the clock. Sutton took the lead from a Milson corner, which was headed in by Joe Kizzy. Busy. Busy. Busy I mean, Kizzy. Like, busy Kizzy. Give us a, a busy, busy Kizzy. <laughs> it's a busy penalty area. There was lots more red shirts than, than yellow, so... Disappointing to yeah. see that you know they're going to put balls high in the box and attack it with, with their men. I think Richie and Paul and Matt will be very disappointed with the way that goal's come around was, because you yeah. know what's going to happen. And done on the set piece. So we're going to go down in the 20th minute. 22nd minute, Otis Khan had an effort, went over the bar. And then three minutes later, Paul Smythe drifted in from the left. Buzan has got down low to push his shot behind for a corner, which came to nothing. It's quite good to see, though. We're giving as good as we're getting. Like yeah. We're coming back at him and we're trying to... You know, Buzanis is working in his goal. Yeah. That's all, that's all you can ask for. So. Absolutely. Although, arguably, from people that were there, you yeah. could have done... Could have done yeah. And from Richie Wellens as well. A mistake by Lawrence Vigaru, just shy of the half-hour mark. was clear, He cleared it straight to Baldwin. Uh, that's an old uh, football name from Crawley. Yes. Enzo Baldwin. Uh, Sutton couldn't capitalise, though, and the ball was put wide by Bennett, yeah. thankfully. Let's skip into the 41st minute. Hector Kipriani was booked for a tackle on Kizzy. 42 minutes now. Another superb save from Vigru. He reacted superbly late on to Clora Bennett header away from goal. Yeah, good save there by Viggs. One minute of added time was played this one as we went in 1-0 down at the break. Tenants announced 3,152 
including 462 away fans. Would have been more, but they're working on their ground or something, yeah. right? which obviously shuts Next the to the away down. end, yeah. Lots of people asking for tickets on Twitter. I know it'd be busy. Normally, you see one or two go, I've got spares. I didn't see anyone advertising any Barely. spares for this one. And saw a few, um, what's the word? Scammers. A few scammers on this one. Yeah, yeah. There was one, James Cabin yeah, got a few, let down a few, real bad. A few bad. more people DMing people going, I've got tickets and asking for like obscene money. Really? For it as well. So Stupid bonkers. because although there was 462 away officially, there were a load in the home end. No, yeah. there, were, there were because yeah, they, they, could see, they could see that there were Orient fans in the, away, in the yeah, home I bet, end. I yeah, I bet. I bet they could. So second half kicked off. No changes for Orient at half time. Sutton got the second half underway and in the 51st minute, Shadogi's long throw is made a mess of by Buzanis. The ball came to Theo Archibald in the box, but unfortunately couldn't get his shot away. Yeah. Packed out penalty area. 55th minute, Paul Smythe appealed for a penalty. He had a shot, hit hand of a defender. Referee, not interested, no penalty. Given. Wasn't going for us, that one. Uh, 64 minutes now, great move from Orient. So Aaron Dryden put through on the left of the Sutton goal. He was unselfish, squared it to Paul Smythe, whose shot was blocked well from close range by Kizzy. He's having a game of his life, that he's Kizzy, having, isn't he? He's having a good one. Kissy, Kissy, 67th minute. First O-sub, as Royal else to tell you, he came on to replace Paul Smythe. For three minutes later, Jaden Sweeney done well down the left. He found Satiru on the edge of the box. Satiru had a shot, went over the bar. Yeah, 74 minutes now. Great feet from Royal. Saw him set up Archibald. Tried a curled effort from just 20 yards out. I say just, it's quite a distance. That went just wide. You can tell we're having a better second half there. We've not spoken about Vicks doing anything in the, in the second half. I caught so the second half, most of the second half, and we looked much more higher press, stronger press, much more on it, sharper, looking to yeah. get forward, exploit gaps and channels and stuff yeah much better yeah absolutely another a minute later another chance Otis Khan this time drove his effort wide yeah not far wide either 76 minutes on the clock Matt Young came on to replace Dan Moss Otis Khan who is not a right back moved to right back I'm sure Richie Wendell said last week he wasn't a right back anyway yeah. Richie we'll let you off this one mate 85th minute in third Orient sub Jaden Sweeney made way for Dan and Krumer making his Football League debut so I think we've got to say massive well done to Dan and Krumer 100% congratulations and Sutton Dan. away isn't the easiest game to come on at a 1-0 no. down if you feel like following up at home you understand like you're walking into like a bit of a better environment. One all down away at Sutton, horrible little ground, you know, horrible team to play against. Yeah. Difficult difficult game for your first professional league debut. Well, they've only been in the league for this season, yeah. haven't they? Yeah. So they've still got a lot of non-league kind yeah. of mentality about them, which has served them well. I'm not discrediting it. They know they manage the game. I, I listened to Joe Kizzy's post-match uh, on Sutton's YouTube channel as well, and he speaks really well, and they do the, the dirty things well. They, they manage the game, and their manager said the same as well. And and as did uh, Richie Wellens, he said about them yeah. taking longer to get a throw in back in and recycling free kicks back in and set pieces and it just well, takes much do. longer yeah. and that's how you manage a game out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Theo Archibald took a booking in the 85th minute as well. Yeah, 90th minute in and Krumer clash of heads went down in the middle of the pitch. Physios came on. He was okay to continue. Four minutes of added time and the fourth minute Otis Khan went into the referee's book. For a foul. Yeah, so it's kind of a late book in there. And after seven minutes of added time, the ref brought the game to a close. The Sutton ran out one of the winners to keep their playoff hopes alive as Richie Wellens slipped his second defeat as Orient head coach. Yep, so Richie Wellens' his interview is on the club's YouTube channel. He did mention that Coleman, Thompson and Smith hadn't trained all week due to illness. 
Connor Wood picked up an injury late in training on Friday, which is why Jaden Sweeney came in uh, at left back. And Ruel had had a shin yes. issue, which is why he was being rested as much as possible. Yeah, good interview. That's available on the club's YouTube yeah. channel. He's, he's always quite honest and stuff, and you know gives his gives his two pennies worth. And I, yeah, good interview. Very insightful. Like I said, explained his team selection, and, and it makes sense. You know, as to he done also said Alex Mitchell got injured again. Yesterday, so pulled up in training, had a little oh, injury, right. expects yeah. him to be back soon. So we'll see him again this season. Hence, Mitchell wasn't in the squad yesterday as well. So that loss sees no change in our league standing. We remain 14th in League 2. So played 41, won 11, drawn 16, mm. lost 14. So a very healthy goal difference of plus 12 and 49 points. A bit of Lejanda, your views on Sutton away yesterday? Uh, keep it quite minimal this week. I mean, obviously, I'd like us to win all the time, but not overly bothered by the result, to be honest with you. Obviously, you'd like, like Matt said, the performances to be up there. Yeah. And obviously, we gave a good account of ourselves in the second half. Uh, but obviously, now we seem to be safe. I'm not adverse to him trying out different things. When you come in midway through a season, he's kind of done the hard work of kind of hauling us away from the relegation yeah. dogfight that we had been drawn into. So, you know, no problem for me. I just want to see, as we've always said, can take us losing a game as long as we've tried really hard, put maximum effort in and done the best that we can possibly do and leave everything out on the pitch. What we can't take losing is when we don't yeah. try and we look off the pace and we don't seem to care that much. And yeah. Matt Harold's kind of said that they do care. It was just a confidence thing. And that's that's become apparent. Liked what I saw from Jaden Sweeney from the short bit that I did see from him he looked like he'd like to get forward which I quite like from a full back I'd like to see more of him uh, whether that will happen or not is a different story depends on Connor Wood, Connor Wood yeah. yeah Um. so we've got Scunthorpe be a good game for him to play I think uh, yeah. no problem that um, yeah that, that, as I say with what Rich is doing and, and yeah let, let's see what happens with the rest of the season there's no pressure really now yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah, disappointing result really, but I think the season's just coming to its natural conclusion. We're yeah. not going up, we're not going down. I think they started quicker than us, got their rewards, got their goal. And like you said, they don't manage your game. You know, it's a very small ground, horrible ground, very physical team. They know how to waste time, know how to take the impetus out of the game and yeah. manage it well, which is what they've done. I'm not sure if many of those squad players took their chances though looking at the result. Yeah. It's a difficult one to say, like, you know, I wish Dan Moss all the best, but if Damos ain't going to be here next season. You know, so yeah. what's the point in playing him almost as a right back? Play play, play someone else. And Shame for him that he left you over. Or in, yeah, uh, absolutely. Right? absolutely. But like I said, I think Richie's interview was really good. It explains his reason for his selection. That all makes sense to me. And I feel like, yeah, it's starting to filter itself out now the season. Like, there's five games left. You know, hopefully we'll see a few good wins. We're obviously going to have to play hard because... Like we said with Matt, we can affect or we will affect what happens in yeah. the promotion and the playoff race. You know, Northampton right. still after automatic, Tranmere still after well well, Tranmere have completely slipped down now. They've they've lost their last three Tranmere, so they're just outside the playoff places. Northampton, Swindon, even though they're eleventh, can still make the playoffs. So, you know, we're gonna be we're gonna have a say in who, who makes the playoffs. Maybe maybe even who even goes up automatically if Northampton and Tranmere in positions to get into those places when we play them so yeah. you know it will be interesting to see what happens but I can't you know I'm not going to sit here and slate Rishi for his team selection he explained it well enough and, and I accept it so yeah disappointing five games left let's, let's hopefully go out of a bank 
Absolutely. So those were our views. We had quite a lot of feedback after this match. So thanks to everyone who expressed their views on our social media channels. Uh, they're, as you know by now, sponsored by town and country estate agents who are Orient supporting and very highly successful estate agents. West End season ticket holders, one of the directors, Charlie Paul, <coughs> excuse me, and they're offering all Leighton Orient fans and staff a whopping 20% off their usual fee. So if you're thinking of moving, as has happened in the past week, as you've probably seen from our yes. social media accounts, keep it in your family, save yourself a few quid in the process. Give Charlie a call directly on 07528 471 497. You can email him, charlie at townandcountrypropertysales.co.uk or you can DM him on Twitter, charlie, uh, C-H-A-R-L-I-E underscore P-O-O. L-E is his Twitter handle. And to keep in mind, just because we read these tweets out, it doesn't mean that we agree with them. Nicely said. It it baffles me or amazes me how well I like our sponsorship package is doing. People buying houses and selling their houses because they hear it on our podcast and they're going to a great estate agent such as Charlie or a great plaster and renderer such as Adam who's made so many great business connections through the podcast. And the same with Johnny John. Max. Yeah, so... Amazing. So Josh John Rogers sent the first tweet at this one after the Sutton defeat. It's a decent look at squad players. Can't really complain with the result. But if Wellington can work out what squad needs before pre-season, then he's ahead of the curve and that can only be a good thing. I imagine Richie Wellington is, is probably looking around on his piece of paper with 11 players and going, right, these are my priority positions that I need players for and these are who I want. And it's already, I reckon those discussions are already well underway. And in a later podcast, we'll do the who do we think yeah, we'd like to, to... But I'm going to throw it out there now. I'd like to see Adam Thompson here next season. Okay. Whether he will or not is a different matter. Uh, SR Barber 1986 said, First half was terrible, on par with the Oldham game. We did get better in the second half, unlike the horrendous commentary from Sutton and did deserve a point. It's clear we need better strength in depth next season if we want promotion. Great point about the Sutton commentary. I saw a few, I saw a few tweets about I felt it. like slitting my wrists listening to the guy talk. And I said to my wife, because I had it on, uh, on on the stream, and I said, like, this guy is absolutely appalling. Thank God for Dave Victor. That's all I can say. And and the fact that Dave did most of the talking. But when this guy came on, like, I don't know who what his name is, who he is, or where he's from, or whatever, but absolutely monotone to the point of, like, get rid of him. He's awful. Well, of Sutton United, isn't it? Les LK52. <laughs> so the game which meant nothing, apart from the likes of Moss and Sweeney, to show their worth. No doubt, first 11 is decent but we lack depth of quality in some areas, which is soon will be addressed in the close season. And as to your point just a moment ago, Richie will understand who R- they Richie are. Richie will know, yeah. Shrimpy underscore boy said, abysmal first half, but certainly looked better in the second. Not bad overall, considering the absences in the squad. Another week on the training ground, and we go again. Yeah, good point. Now he's got mm. clear, he's got a clear couple of days, days now. Yeah, absolutely. Ron Sampson, <laughs> 15, said, thought we played well, especially in the second half, but without ever looking like scoring, though. Their keeper didn't have a shot to save, and Sasson continues to be a horrible side, with sly fouls falling over, wasting time, and etc, etc. Let's get promotion, though, and we might have to play this club anymore well we did that once and they came and followed us Ron so you know I'm and they sure. probably won't go up so see them next season Wrecker Blue App said we were dire in the first half second half picked up a bit but the game felt nothing more than a pre-season friendly the food has somehow got worse in the last four and a half years I think Sweeney did alright Nkrumah too, uh, too for as little as he was on and should be curtains for Moss though just a meh game yeah Daniel underscore D44 so the season we have very rarely been leading at half time it's a good point, actually. Statistically, I'm quite interested to see that as a percentage of games, how we've been leading 
half-time. It's one of the reasons we're in 14th place. Too many games where we have had to come from behind. Don't think a mass clear-out is required, but it's obvious we need to get rid of some deadwood and bolster the squad. Now, it's clear from these tweets we're getting that most people now are already focused on the summer, next season, on yeah. what's happening, even though these are tweets post-certain. People are yeah. already now like, this player should be kept, this player should be gone, this is what you should do. Yeah, I think, I think we're all at that point now, really, for the most part. Yeah, Nada underscore 1987 said a decent performance but no end product. An individual error has cost us a point. Interesting. Orient Fan TV said another game where Richie's had a look at the squad players again and it showed him what he wants to know. Much better second half, just not able to get the goal we needed. One plus to come out today though, we will be not having to listen to that Sutton commentator again. Awful. To put it bluntly. Yeah, and we didn't work their keeper enough in the second half, as you yeah. can probably tell by the lack of mentioning. Orion Matty, our uh, charity partner, said better second half, but that game was about as exciting uh, as Oliver, the Sutton commentator. Oh, his name was Oliver. Sutton managed to get the game... Uh, man- sorry, Sutton managed the game out, but I can't see them going up. You I agree. You never know. This is such a crazy division, you never know. You and Carter 23. So that was a terrible first half. Moss, Khan, Kipriani were poor. They aren't a good side, but they are up there for a reason. That's a very good point, actually. I mm. never want to see them in the playoffs, but I think they'll make it. Second half picked it up, and the pressure that we showed should have taken our chance. It's an amazing first season that Sutton have had. You know, a final of a cup potential for, for playoffs Incredible. even if they don't go up to get into the playoffs or to be up there in their first season and Incredible. not being a relegation dogfight fair play to Sutton United are going to finish above Bradford City above Leighton Orient above Oldham Athletic like big, they're going to finish above big clubs with much bigger budgets than them Swindon Town at the moment potentially yeah, yeah. You know, they'll be delighted they'll be delighted those, those Swindon players fair play to them Orion underscore 36 said poor first half decent second seems to me that Wellens is testing different areas of fringe players in different games. The forwards are Oldham, the fullbacks today. Of all of those tests across the game so far, I think Sweeney did the best of them. Good point, yeah. But to be fair, some of them have been in forced changes. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. El Castaneto is a boring National League team, but we struggled against these types of sides. We need more bites and a more creative central midfield if we plan to go to places next year. Len Chin Chin One said, Not a good game from the O's, but not many players missed giving a foul. 18 and 3. Bookings in total, and the only goal of the day was from a corner. So poor defending. Only consolations were that we retained 14th place in the table after playing a team higher in the league. Yeah, World Cup 300 said, we huffed and we puffed, but not enough quality to open them up. Richie is learning all the time about the depth of the squad, so not a bad thing. PM31970 said, didn't get going for the first 30 minutes and couldn't handle them pressing us. Better after that with good possession, but didn't test their goalkeeper once. No, it doesn't change the result, and we didn't lose because of it, but the time-wasting and play-acting was a joke. Yeah, you see that. We saw that in the conference all the time. Yeah, typical mentality. E10 Newman said, terrible first half. We improved in the second. Ref was awful. All game. I thought Sweeney did really well in a more forward role, and it was good to see Kramer get some minutes. There you go, absolutely. Molly Folly 2019 gets the penultimate word this week. He said there are 14 players capable of playing the way Richie Wellen wants. Additionally, Richie Wellens wants a bigger squad. As a minimum, we need to bring in 10 to 12 players. The question is, will the board fund quality signings or will their unworkable sustainability strategy continue to hold us back? Another controversial tweet there from Molly Folly. There was quite a few engagement tweets on this saying there ain't going to be 10 or 12 new players. It'd be interesting to see. You know, it's, it's, well, not, it's not like a football manager where you can just literally put someone on a transfer list on a computer and they go you know, with their suitcases and go see you later. These are people, you know... 
with decent contracts for some of them, big money, that's yeah, they, they right. ain't going to leave a football club just because they don't work. If they're under contract. It's not as easy as saying that, but it'd be an interesting pre-season. But just, yeah, like you say, just to quickly cover that though, there's three or four loan signings that will yeah. uh, probably not be made permanent, although arguably you'd like one of them to be at least. Absolutely. You've got at least three or four, possibly five out of contract. Yeah. We have a, to be fair, when Kenny came in, he had a pretty blank piece of paper. So he signed lots of players on two-year deals. Tom James is out of contract as well, which we're going to want to renew. So there's lots of... and But he might not. So therefore, we might be looking for a new right-back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So there's all these kind of question marks at the moment. So it might well be 10 or 12 if we don't renew contracts of players that we've already got. Potentially. Yeah, potentially. I guess it's. And we'll cover this in a later. It would also depend on how much money the board and the investors are going to throw at it. I think they made pretty clear that they adjusted the budget three times, I think. Something or more. To get who and they wanted in August. Yeah. And then, and they, then, had to, then they put another 150k spot on. in January. So interesting. They've, you know, the board will say they've been as supportive as what they can be. Yeah. Interesting times. Final word this week goes to Pandemonium 1881. Across three tweets, I think this one was. Yes, it's so right. The first half was terrible. Didn't compete hardly anywhere on the pitch and allowed them to dominate the game. We tried playing long and lost a lot of the 50-50s and tried playing out from the back with a press time with tempo, poor from a set piece again. And we were lucky to go in at 1-0. It said second half better and we took control, winning first and second balls. Defence pushed up, squeezing play into the Sutton half. And we certainly competed, but didn't really carve out too many clear-cut chances. Close on two occasions, and we paid the price for a poor first 45 minutes. Another game that showed there is still little in this division, and at an organised eleven competing and having that little bit of quality can easily help you make the top 10. Referee was ridiculously poor last half hour with consistent decision-making and failing to penalise blatant time wasting. So from one referee to another. There you go. What an assessment. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Thanks to everybody who sent their views in. And sorry if we didn't read yours out. Uh, but let us know. Do you agree or disagree with any of the tweets that we've mentioned? Let us know what you think by tweeting us at or in Outlook. Or you can email us if you're not on social media or in Outlook at Outlook.com. You can also message us on Facebook. Just search for Orient Outlook Podcast. Or you can DM us on Insta, Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast lovely stuff so Carol Langley Flores prediction league update time so Carol Langley are an established local business in Chinkford they specialise in bespoke flowers for all occasions and events so from a simple thank you to a lavish wedding any event they can help you get in touch with John and the team you can find them on Twitter at Carol Langley E4 or John is on Twitter at EssexBiz. Only two correct results for this one. Well done to Leighton Orient fan who got his first three points of the season. And Paul W underscore UK both predicted 1-0. I think Paul is now on 10 points for the, the season. Well done to those guys. Means there's no change at the top of the prediction league table. So five games left, 26 points. Leading the way is Wadsey looking to become the first ever person to win the Prediction League twice. Obviously won the first one about four years ago. Back to back. Looking no, to back do to it yeah. once again. 22 points behind him is Leighton Ori. With 19 points behind him, Dan Alton, 2590, LFC Teresa and Poplar, 32. So a lot of points to play for. If we go and smash Gunfall 4-0 with four different scorers, could be a lot of, diff- lot of points on the table potentially. Yeah, seven so points, yeah. It's not all over. So thanks to everyone for all of your predictions. Make sure you do those. We tweet about them about three hours before kickoff. Get involved if you've not done so already. Always yeah. great. And obviously it's rather sensible to perhaps wait until the team's <laughs> been announced. Possibly. So there you go. So let's move on then to Sunday the 10th of April. The, la- the Orient ladies were at home to Forest Crusader ladies in a top-of-the-table clash. Forest... 
um, Crusader ladies took the lead in the 65th minute uh, and doubled it just five minutes later. And the third and final goal for them came in the 80th minute as the ladies succumbed to a 3-0 defeat, which is unfortunate. So unlucky to the Orient ladies this week. Yeah, and at one hour, 14 minutes, at 51 seconds, let's wrap up this bad boy. So fantasy football update, Jack Merritt, who I've said is going to win this league for the last couple of weeks. He's still top of our Orient Outlook podcast, Fantasy Football League. He's got 2,039 points. He's ahead of Dennis Hall in second place on 2,160 points. So uh, I've, I miscalculated that somewhere. It must be but two, two, three, yeah, nine. he's well ahead. He's going to win this. I am in 182nd place <laughs> out of 315 players. I'm going to aim for 150 or above. So thanks to everyone. <laughs> thanks to all 315 people who've played that. It's been a great season so far. With hopefully more drama to come as Nussbaum gets FC. up the table. Yeah, so go. positives and negatives, they're pretty balanced this week. So mm. I'll do the positives, uh, which we've got three off. So first up, Lawrence Figaro making his 100th Orient appearance. I think for me, apart from Eldin, he's probably been my favourite Orient goalkeeper the last couple of years. Well, I, I really like Dean Brill as well. And oh, then yeah. going back before that, Paul Hild. So he's one of my favourite Orient keepers. He's <laughs> in your top 10. He's <laughs> in my top He's on my top 20. Yeah. Well um, done. Dan Krumer. But also his, his interview as well. That was good. Fan questions. Yeah. And why he does the little dance around. I think, although he answered it, why he does do the spin around before he um, puts the ball down to kick it out. I think he spins too quickly. I'd be, I'd be dizzy. I just thought it was like some superstition thing or mm. some kind of tick or something like that as to why he does it but he's explained that and the bottles and stuff like yeah, that yeah that's good it's good fun actually he seems like a nice guy I think yeah. like, like once when he first signed yeah um, so other than that second positive Dan and Krumer made his football league debut so well done to Dan must be very proud well done Dan and the last positive is the youth team smashing second place Northampton I mean Northampton deep must be a decent youth team you'd imagine and things you'd love to see yep. decent youth team so well done to the young O's there so two negatives this week yeah the loss against Sutton uh, the first half in particular uh, is, a, is a pretty big negative and more illnesses and injury uh, in the squad so although there's not masses of injuries and we've still got players out we've still got Tom James to come back we've still got Craig Clay to come back and obviously with Adam Thompson going down Connor Wood going down Alex Mitchell with a bit of an injury Ruel carrying Harry a bit Smith, of a knock yeah. Harry Smith being out uh, although I'm not sure if that's Covid or a muscle or kind of or whatever injury but yeah so be plenty of people to come back yeah be interesting who he picks on Friday who he's got available for selection on Friday yeah. so times for the Carol Langley florist Hero of the week. So following the first team result, Sutton, mm. I think me and uh, Paul both unanimous in our decision on this one. So we didn't take it to social media. So our heroes of the week this week are... We're going to give it to the youth team yeah, who well won done. 3-0. So well done to the youth team this week. Well done, young men. So next week's fixtures in. Two upcoming fixtures this week over the Easter weekend. Our next fixture is Good Friday, 15th of April against relegation candidates well relegation fodder now I'd imagine Scunthorpe mm. United rock bottom of League 2 they lost 4-0 at home to Mansfield yesterday they were 3-0 down at half time the goals they were conceding were ridiculous they literally conceded one second half straight from kickoff about 20 seconds in they they Keith, look gone. The Keith Hill, an experienced manager, has not had that manager, the new manager bounce. They, they did for a very short while, but since then, it's not been negated by the long term. Yeah, yeah, straight down. I mean, they're another big club now. Look at National League. Some big, big teams in there. They probably won't come back up so quickly. No, right. I agree. It's You're really right. going to be tough for them. They could be relegated against us on Friday if results don't go their way. They've lost all of their last five games. So you look at that one, and that's one 
I think most Iron fans will look at and go, we should be taking maximum points out of that one. Yeah, 100%. We absolutely should. Then on Easter Monday, the 18th of April, we're on the road. We're going away to Swindon Town, who are currently 11th in League Two. They can still make the playoffs, as we've said a couple of times already. They lost 1-0 at home to Newport on Saturday. Big loss for them. They battered Newport, though. Newport, one shot on target in the 92nd minute, and they scored it. And plus, Richie Wellens, going back to Swindon. Yeah. Vigaroo. Going, going back, back to Swindon, Swindon. Yeah. it's got a bit of a bite about that game and Swindon although we beat them in December 4-1 where we pummeled them second half in the first half I still maintain they were the best team I've seen at us this season mm. the way they their game plan and the way their players moved was spot on so that'll be a really difficult game yeah there you go uh, they've uh, won two drawn two and lost one of their last five games and as you just rightly said they won't be a pushover no, Ben Chorley's done a great job there yeah considering where they were this time last year where they were looking That's like right. they might go to business they've Absolutely. You know, done very well so don't forget before we close this one off for the best plastering and rendering prices around go and visit AJF Plastering on Facebook or on Instagram or go and look up big ads with a Z LFC on Twitter for all your plastering and your rendering needs. So that is it. Thank you very much indeed for joining us for episode number 281. It was a quiet week on the pitch for the O's. As for the first time in a while, we only had one game to play in a week, which finished in a disappointing 1-0 away defeat to playoff chasing Sutton United with a makeshift 11 uh, as injuries and illness took their toll on the squad. With more time on the training ground this week, Richie Wellens will will be hoping for a positive result over the Easter period at home to Scunthorpe and away at Swindon. And we'll be back talking about them right here next week on the Orient Outlook podcast yeah so if you're listening on itunes please subscribe give our podcast a five star rating itunes is still stuck on 94 and i had one in ages on itunes so if you're listening on apple stop the podcast now we're done finished <laughs> go and give us a five star review you can also rate the show now on spotify we've got 30 <coughs> five star ratings on spotify so thanks to all our spotify listeners um for doing that if you listen on spotify go and give us five stars by rating the show and if you're listening on TuneIn, stitcher SoundCloud, add us to your favourites and that way you get all the podcasts as soon as they're uploaded. The podcast is also on all smart speakers, it's also on FanHub, so it's so easy nowadays to pass the pod, very easy. So if you have an older relative, a loved one, an Orient chum, anyone who likes podcasts now because everyone's commuting back to work now, yeah. recommend us, download the podcast for them. So we'll be back with episode 282, this one's coming out on Easter Monday. So next Sunday is Easter Sunday. Won't be out next Sunday. Be out on Easter Monday evening after the Swindon game with all the information and views that you could ever need. So we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, stay safe. A massive thank you to Matt Harold, by the way. Thank you, Ginger Pele. Matt Harold, you legend. Great to talk to you. We wish you all a great week. And listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Well, cool. Up the O's. <laughs> <laughs>